Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. You know, I was thinking about it, and I think that the saddest and probably most pitiful four words spoken in English by people, both in pop culture as well as in real life, are these four words. I can change him. I can change her. Why do we say this? Well, you know why. Countless relationships start with this premise and most mostly never end in the result hoped for. Why is this? Well, that's going to be our topic for today. It, it seems so many of us have these inner Dr. Frankenstein tendencies that make us want to scream, it's alive when the perfect mate has been manipulated in our labs only to find we may have created a monstrous atmosphere. Pop culture itself has made this clear in almost all cases as well. Listen to this brilliantly put paragraph from The Guardian. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, the movies can't be held entirely responsible, but they're hardly the solution either. I love this. It says, Hollywood's man-child heroes usually exist in an artificial reality sustained by other movie constructs. Chief among these is a mature female love interest with a blind spot about men. These heroines invariably manage to hold down a serious job, manage a family, and generally cope with the adult world while still being gorgeous, and yet they find an ungroomed layabout maybe half their mental age, irresistible and attractive. Listen to, this comes from the, from the Huffington Post. It says again, beautifully written, one of Aesop's fables tells us of a woman who brings a snake that has frozen in the cold back to her home. She takes care of it. She makes it warm only to have it bite her when it regains its strength. While dying from the snake's poisonous bite, the bewildered woman asks him, how could you do such a thing after I just treated you so well and shown you so much kindness? The snake reminds her, I'm sorry, but I'm a snake. And that's just what snakes do. So many times, we want to try to fix people who don't want to be fixed. We bring home a snake and expect it to turn into a puppy. It, it may just be in their nature to be the way that they are, even though we know or we think they would be better off with our help. We can get into trouble when we give too much to those who have never asked for our help or who, having asked for it, maybe are likely to take advantage of it. I find this all very interesting because in, in many cases, now, by no means all cases, please, please understand that, but in many cases, a person generally showed us who they were when we met them, at least to a big degree. Now, we may have been infatuated or overly positive because we only wanted to see the good things in that person, 
But in many cases, especially with males, often what you see is what you get. Again, true. Some totally hid what they were and hide what they are, and then eventually the truth comes out. That's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that most guys I find are never really performing for you. They just are what they are. And now look at all this from their perspective. If we have an I can fix them attitude from the start, they probably don't know that. They see you interested in them just as they are. So when you lay them on the Frankenstein table and wait for the lightning bolt to ignite change, don't be surprised if they fight it or completely don't understand what you're doing. You knew who I was. I've been this guy the whole time. I haven't changed. We hear this all the time. This then can go a lot of ways, but we'll focus on three of them. One, the person can then try to become something they're not, which generally satisfies absolutely no one. Number two, they get obstinate and are like, um, this is me, not my problem. Or three, is our whole relationship a lie? You said you wanted to be with me, not Frank and me. Why would one subject themselves to a personality makeover when you acted like you liked them that exact way from the beginning? This could also be insulting to them. Sure, we can all get better. We can all refine. We can all do our best to be the best us but we're still us. There's also another angle on all of this. Um, It's wanting to help someone that you can't change because they've been hurt. The fact is, is, is they are too hurt and maybe too damaged to change. I love the sentiment, for example, behind the Coldplay song, Fix You. Some of the lyrics are, When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Stuck in reverse. And the tears come streaming down your face. When you lose something you can't replace. When you love someone, but it goes to waste. Could it be worse? Lights will guide you home and ignite your bones. And I will try to fix you. I I wasn't always a huge fan of this band, but I always dug this song. I really liked its sincerity. It's what everyone wants to hear, right? It's what everyone wants down deep. But as, as hard and as blunt as it may be to think or to say it, even with all of the patience and sincerity in the world and all of the love in our hearts, most of the time, we can't fix people. We can encourage people. We can be there for people. We can reassure them. We can hug them. We can listen. But we can't necessarily fix them. We can make their life better by being a real friend and by being and sticking by their side. But we can't fix them. To me, this isn't being negative and it's not being sad. It's just being honest. Deep-seated hurt and inherited tendency 
may simply not be able to be fully rooted out. And it's possible that what you like about that person may have been shaped by their not so fun experiences. But in any case, we can still be there for them. Psychology Today says this. It says so many things bother us, people mostly, but pretty much everything has the power to upset our basic sense of well-being. Our tendency when things bother us is to blame the other person or situation for getting it wrong and thus causing our suffering. Once we have identified what we consider the cause of our disturbance, we usually set out to try and fix it. We attempt to change the other person's behavior or the situation into something we consider right, or at least something that will not bother us. As we all know, though, we can't control anyone else's behavior, and we can't make another person want to or be able to change. But we can always make the choice to shift our attention inward, to focus the lens of curiosity onto ourselves. And remember, by investigating our own experience, we are not condoning the behavior that triggers our suffering, but we're also not assuming responsibility for having caused it. Getting curious about what is happening inside of us in a particular situation and naming it and understanding it and unpacking its history and bringing compassion to it, this is the surest path to freeing oneself from the cycle of blame and the need to change what we don't like. Ultimately, self-awareness is the most powerful and profound antidote to suffering. Let's, let's wrap this one up this way. We got to stop with, I can change him. We just do. We got to stop with, I can change her. We can't. They have to want to. And then they have to put in the work because they want to. But if we concentrate on being a better person ourselves, we will be that much more of a better friend or a partner and we'll feel better. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist and the subject matter is what dictates the song choices. So we have for you this time around a refresher podcast, the fallacy of change playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast, the fallacy of change. Here are our 10 songs. I've got my son with me. Hey, Harrison. Yeah. You want to check out these 10 songs with me? Come here. Come check them out. No, tell me if you've ever heard any of these people or if you've heard any of these songs, okay? Yep. Track number one is I Don't Want to Change You by Damien Rice. Have you ever heard Damien Rice? No. Yeah, really mellow, really mellow. It's kind of a cool, a, a cool solo artist. Mm -hmm. Number two, Tears for Fears. You know them, right? That, that's a question. Yeah. What are your favorite songs by them? I don't have time. No? You don't have time to name all of them? Yeah. What about one? Give me one. Mad World. Mad World. Excellent. Well, this is on the exact same album that Mad World was on, The Hurting. Uh, this song, number two, is Change. Number three, 
You can't change that by radio. Do you know who was the lead singer of radio? Ray Parker Jr. And you know what his big hit was in the 1980s? The lawsuit Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, dude. Number four, In Excess. You know In Excess? Yeah, they're a good band. I interviewed their drummer once. Uh, their song is called Don't Change. Number five is Chris Cornell. You know him? Yeah, he was the lead singer of Soundgarden and Audio Slave before he died. And he was in a project with the guy who sang for Pearl Jam called Temple of the Dog, too. Anyway, he has a song on here called Can't Change Me. Number six, this is going to be the first of three songs on this list that all have the same name. We're going to start here with the first one, Changes. This one is by Miles Davis and the Milt Jackson Quintet. You, you like jazz? Some. Yeah, you would like that. That's a real good one. Number seven is a band called 10 Years After with I'd Love to Change the World. Um, number eight is our second song called Changes. This time it's from the band Yes. Have you ever heard of Yes? Yeah, Roundabout. Good. Yeah, very good. Same band. Number nine, from his No One Cares record, it's Frank Sinatra with Why Try to Change Me. You got a favorite Frank Sinatra song? Uh, what's what's one you well, like? it's not that I don't like. It's just I don't have a... Don't have a favorite? Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right. Can you name one? My Way. My Way. Dude, you're like the hippest 14-year-old in the world. All right, number 10. The third changes song. Uh, if you had to guess what I would pick for another song called Changes, you'd probably think David Bowie. But that's way too obvious. So we're going to go with Changes by Black Sabbath. You didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> that's our new playlist. Thanks, Harrison. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast, The Fallacy of Change. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographic report shows that we now have new listeners in new parts of New Jersey. Two different parts. I don't know how that happened this time, but it's kind of cool that it did. We have new listeners in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We also have new listeners in Richardson, Texas. So we'd like to welcome all of you, our new listeners to Refresher. Now, this show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. You can also check out our website for all things Refresher at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com for Refresher gear, as well as all of my books and links to friends of the show. What friends of the show? Well, for example, plants improve the air around you and they improve your mood. Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. Check out Leafy's awesome site at www.leafve.com. Another friend of the show is DesignCraft. DesignCraft is at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. 
You can check out samples of their unbelievable work at www.dezigenkraft.com. And then finally, the Managing Expectations podcast. It's a podcast for interesting people by interesting people wading into all the things that make them interesting, music, art, books, movies, and generally the passing scene. You can check them out at www.managingexpectationspodcast.com. You can find all that fun stuff if you forgot or you just want to just click on it all in one place at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always... The music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.